Welcome to episode eight of The Science and the Sacred. In this episode, I speak to Mary Kennedy, an Irish Celtic wisdom weaver and founder of the Next Stage Celtic Wheel, a space of radical wisdom for contemporary women. In this episode, I speak to Mary about how the power of the wheel showed up in her own life, how she leads from the feminine and how we can all embrace the dance between the masculine and the feminine throughout the seasons of the year. So thanks so much, Mary. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Um, you know, obviously I've done your Celtic Wheel program and I, I'm a huge fan of your work, but for anyone who's listening and maybe hasn't come across you before, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself and maybe let them know about who you are and all the great work that you do. Ah, thank you so much. Um, well, I um, I suppose I'm doing this work really for the last 20 years almost. I um, grew up in Sligo in the west of Ireland and I found myself back here now, 38 years later, on the edge of the Atlantic. So that's where I live at the moment, in a, a little place called Dennis Grown, um, in County Sligo. It's great to be back. And I, I, I left here at 17, and I left the way, close by, across the mountain, at 17, and I pursued what most of us pursued, having grown up in the 70s and 80s. You know, uh, a life that was... Um, career, university career, um, family, all of that, all that we were brought up to believe. Um, and then I had, my life was kind of upended in, at, at 39. And that's when I really started to do the deep work on this journey. But I, I would have started it at 36, 35. Actually, I, I started to train as a yoga teacher. So 21, 22 years ago. Um, and so now I've had this kind of mad, crazy journey opposite to what I had in my 20s and 30s. You know, I was living the dream. I was out there um, kicking ass, just achieving, 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 beautiful home, beautiful, great job, all the rest. And it all came tumbling back. So I... After kind of getting over that shock of lots of things tumbling around me and my dreams falling around me for, you know, that that phase of a crisis really continued until I was well into my 40s. Um, and it just had me start to question everything. So that that set me on a, a deeper journey. And then at that point, I found the Celtic wheel. Like I, I, I'm really interested and passionate about all the different wisdom traditions. My real interest is in how are we evolving as human beings, particularly as women, how are we developing? Um, and I'm really interested in the evolution of our consciousness, which is may sound a little esoteric, and it, it has that esotericness, but also it's very practical. It's like how are we gonna? How do we? How do we live more wisely? And at the centre of that for me as women, because of my own journey, what I found at 39 was that I didn't, I wasn't sovereign in myself. I didn't really have myself. I was following another, another value system that wasn't really who I was in my depths. And therefore I was, you know, really couldn't have myself because I wasn't living the life that I really deeply wanted to live. And so when things fell apart, I had nowhere to go except inwards. And that's when I started to discover that whole concept around sovereignty and 
and it's a it's a word that people get a bit triggered around and also a bit confused about or maybe we can talk about it. but basically it's it's basically i have myself i am the highest authority in my own life and i keep referencing myself through everything no matter what happened around me so that's what i had to learn through the last 20 years pretty much um and yeah i mean how long do you have i could talk forever uh-huh. on that journey but one of the big pieces in that journey of course was discovering my teacher Dolores Whelan just on the cusp as my father was dying literally within weeks of my father dying and it, it felt very both of those that departing and that meeting felt very connected and uh, and I, I found in the Celtic tradition and the Celtic consciousness and Celtic um, archaic mind had so much to offer us and offer me as a, as a woman in total a place of questioning and in a lot of lots and as this other life that really wasn't me was falling away it offered me so much wisdom and helped me navigate you know what was for me very unmapped territory um so that's what i've been doing since like i i started then in the celtic field weaving it into my yoga teaching and then and then in 2018 i put the celtic wheel online because i kept having women say to me oh i'd love to do all eight festivals i used to do retreats but i was like can i do all eight festivals but i can't afford to do them which is fair enough and then Mm. again synchronistically lots of different things lining up i put the wheel online in 2018 and it just kind of Exploded. Exploded. <laughs> I was blown away by how many people were were on it when I joined uh when I started at this time last year. And I was mm. like, wow, like go you. Yeah, it's like well, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> we're we're so thirsty for it, you know. We're just hunger mm, for it. Um and it's again, I feel it's also when you live your deepest soul's journey or your destiny of the soul, like these things line up, you know. Yeah, I, there was a lot I had to let go of in order to run a program that suddenly was very successful. Um, there was a lot of risks I had to take. So mm-hmm. it's like that's one of the things I've really learned with the wheel is this is this is about how do we birth the new world? And in order to do that, we have to step out of our comfort zones. We have to take risks and we have to deeply listen to our souls. Um our souls with birth and trust them so deeply that you will take those risks and that you will then things start to flow yeah gorgeous and i think that's something that definitely yeah but that's what resonated a lot with me when i keep listening to your recordings and you know listen to the content that you you talk about and kind of the wisdoms that you you speak about in your program is the trusting and the 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 subtlety of everything and that idea of going inwards and you know i think what you mentioned was the word sovereignty and being able to to go back to yourself and be like this feels right for me even if it doesn't maybe make sense at this level it's like a a body knowing and being like okay this is where i need to go and that really stood out for me kind of throughout all of the the calls and the the live calls that that are within the wheels. So 
you know, I think it would be great for maybe if we take a little bit of a step back, because I know you mentioned about all the different uh, festivals as well, which I think is such a huge, I think, movement at the moment in Ireland in particular, this kind of reclaiming of the Celtic festivals and the traditions and language and, you know, that there's there's this whole kind of connection back to the earth and it's taking different forms in different places, but particularly in Ireland and maybe people who resonate with the Northern Hemisphere and the kind of Celtic uh, seasons, the idea of this Celtic calendar and the festival. So I'd love if you could maybe talk through what they are and then we can maybe go into a little bit more about how you like to use them for yourself and then teach others how to use them to to uncover that sovereignty or bring that sovereignty into their life. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, well, the Celtic Wheel is the is a calendar that has been left, I would say, through the different whispers of, you know, from our ancestors. Um, there's no actual evidence that they they lived this calendar fully, um, but it's a calendar that's been handed down, and I really trust that handing down. Even if we don't know the source of it, I really trust that. So basically, it's eight seasons. So we take the solstices and equinoxes as four of those pointers or those moments in time in the in the year. The solstices, the summer solstice, winter solstice, the autumn equinox, and the spring equinox. And then between each of those, you've got the four cross quarter days, and they are Samhain, Imbolc. Bialtana and Lunasa. And they are they are really what the Celts would have celebrated. And then the pre-Celtic people would would have celebrated the solstices and equinoxes. It seems with the alignments of we, we know that through the alignments of the megalithic mm. tombs. So if you track through those eight festivals, it's through a solar year. Um, and again, there's a whole question about would they have worked solar or would they work with the lunar? But, you know, this is how we work with it right now. So it starts at Samhain, which is at the end of October, beginning of November. And that's when the new year in the Celtic tradition happens, because everything starts in the darkness in the Celtic tradition. All festivals are celebrated on the eve of the festival, not on the day, the, the, the dawning or the day of the festival. So it starts at Samhain and then it goes into winter solstice, then we go into Imbolc. And that is the from Samhain to Imbolc is winter. And then at Imbolc, we step into the doorway of spring and we have Imbolc and the spring equinox as the two festivals within spring. And then we come to Bialtana and at Bialtana, we enter summer, which is the 1st of May. So uh, let me go back to Imbolc is beginning of February. Um, some uh, spring equinoxes in and around the 21st, 23rd of March. And then we come to Bialtana, which is the beginning of summer, and that's the beginning of May, first couple of weeks in May. And then into summer solstice in the 21st of June or in and around 21st of June. And then to Lunasa, which is the beginning of the autumn, the season of the full season of autumn. And then that brings us into autumn equinox. So Venus and Autumn Equinox of the Autumn. So we have four seasons, but six, or sorry, eight festivals. So mm -hmm. each of the cross-border days, which is Samhain, Imbolc, Blalpana and Lunasa, they actually 
bring in the new energies of the new season. And then at the equinoxes and the solstices, they're kind of the heightened energies of that season. So that's how we work. And then in terms of sovereignty, you stand at the center, the center. So if you think of it as a wheel, you have the spokes of a wheel, and then you've got at the center. That's where we want to learn to stand. So we stand at our center, that's our sovereign center. And then we can pick up any of these energies in our lives. So the program that you, the journey we go on is through the calendar year. But we're actually really learning about the energies of creation. Because that's what they are. You know, we're learning about the energies of Samhain is like when a time in my life when everything gets disrupted or there's a loss in my life. Um, and, you know, the planet, we're going through a connected Samhain right now. Samhain during yeah. yourself. So I, that's how I start to work with them in terms of they are this calendar that we can we can work through in the calendar year, but then actually take them off that calendar and you can find them in your own life in terms of energies. Because rhythm, everything is always moving in, in life. And so things are always changing, you know, despite yeah. what our dominant culture would say. <laughs> well, I think oh, that's my. what I, I love the most about everything cyclical and everything cycles. So, you know, I know you and I would have talked about it offline about kind of how I came across the Celtic wheel was, you know, originally got into menstrual cycle tracking. And that was very much from a sports performance point of view, then kind of discovered menstrual cycle awareness, then got into the moon cycles and then found the Celtic wheel. But what I love about it is that, as you mentioned, it's all of this creative cycle. It's this whole idea that life isn't actually this linear line where you're ticking off all these boxes. It's actually all these little mini circles and cycles or spirals, which I know is something that you talk about, which I love the concept of that, that helps us move towards where we're going. And really from your point with the spirals, it's more about moving inwards into our own truth. Um, and I know that that's a visual that you bring up a lot in in your calls, which is like, okay, we're taking this line and actually how how does it all come together? Because the creative cycle is something that I think people can understand and when we add it to the year that idea of like planting the seeds and then the seeds growing and you know that's very accessible visualization for people to be like okay I get it and I get what I'm trying to achieve with the energies of each but to your point these energies might not always turn up at the right time quote unquote (laughs) all the time yeah (laughs) yeah so I'd love for you to chat about that because I know that's something that you do in each of your modules as being like, hey, will this, you know, how does this festival or how does this energy show up in our lives? Yeah, I mean, I think um, an overarching piece of that is is we can talk about that, but actually when you start to really move in alignment or um in tune with nature, something happens. So with the wheel, as I teach it, like we have a cognitive understanding of, okay, these are the cycles, these are the energies, this is how it shows up. But actually when we start to attune then into the body more and work with nature, and, and we we're, we just see that we are these forces of nature. And um, a lot of this has to do with remembering that. 
because we've been so much in our strategic minds, um, you know, our conditioning in the patriarchy for 5,000 years, both men and women or whatever gender you identify with, our conditioning has been to to repress the feminine and overhype the masculine in us. So it's if that creates that linear, straight line, rational thinking and moving in the world in a rational, linear way and losing all this enchanted part of us, which is deeply cyclical and deeply flows and ebbs and flows and moves with life rather than trying to control life, trying to, as I did, like when I was 39, I I saw it and it took me, it's still taking me time, but it's certainly the first 10 years after I had that first Samhain of loss and of disruption, I, I saw how much I was trying to control life. I looked mm-hmm. like I was really, you know, I was a yoga teacher. I was like, you know, my friends all came to me to ask for for advice. I looked like I was, you know, really chilled out. You know, <laughs> I was so hardened underneath and so full of contraction and tr- and hyper vigilant about everything. But I had the I was I had this capacity to constantly look like I was flowing with life until life showed me that you can't do that all the time, <laughs> and that deep inside in my psyche and my un- deep unconscious, which is what is happening in- across the planet, is we're being shaken up by what you will now know as the Kalya, which is the- that dark feminine energy in the Celtic tradition. And she shakes us and says, uh, no, you-, you can't live like this. You've done 39 years of living in summer, so it's time for some wintering. And of course, I didn't want to do any of that, but that's what that's how I that's how I work it. And I, and and the overarching piece is our bodies and nature as women, and coming back into connection with those cycles, because what 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 we do, what we have done, what we've been conditioned to do, certainly um, for generations, is to live this, never live the full cycle of the wheel we mm. we need to square something happens we try and control it we don't want it we don't want things to change so we go from winter we don't go into the deep winter we go straight over to spring i want to be in spring i can't go into the deep dark forest because mm. i might actually not have to face who i really am and then we skip down into into bialtana which is like, oh, I'm out and out. Let's go out. Let's be free. You know, everything's flowing. Everything's working. Everything's opening and blossoming. And there's no sense of contraction or failure allowed or darkness or depression or even questioning your life. It's just get up and get on with it. So that's what we're we are evolving out of. And our ancient wisdom, which has been lost way back when, is it's time we go back and pick that back up. And as the great philosopher Ken Winnebow would say, we need to transcend but include it. We didn't include it. We just transcended it. When Mm. we left Celtic tradition and the pre-Celtic into the Christian tradition and beyond it, there was every time we evolved out of a stage, it was kind of pushed anything that was in that 
prior stage was pushed aside, we wanted to just transcend it. And now it's time we go back, transcend, yes, but include. So we're going back in there. And then I take other wisdom and knowledge like neuroscience and epigenetics and bring it with this old wisdom. And together we're going to create a whole new world. That's my sense. And there's ways of manifesting that are, you know, that come from that. So the creative process, the wheel is the creative process from loss in, you know, in the wintering to emptiness, to what might be emerging, to what is blossoming and flowering and manifesting into harvesting all of that. And then back in again to, to the rest and, and into the void of, of the, the womb where everything is created from. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And it's so funny as well, because, you know, you're, you're speaking with that that image that you had of like being so chill and everything. And, you know, I, I would resonate or I'd, I'd, that would hit home a lot. And I guess the, the joke between me and my husband is that my business name is Go With The Flow Coaching, but I can be the least Go With The Flow. We teach Especially when I get stressed. Yeah. So I'm like, I obviously set up this business to remind myself constantly of what I need to be working on. Um, but I think that's it. You kind of, you, you, you teach others what you've experienced yourself of being like, look, I actually know what it's like to be in the corporate world and to be super this and to be in the hyper-masculine and have experienced a, you know, a dark night of the soul and, you know, the deep sound. And, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, but again, kind of working through all of this and particularly with the analogy of the harvest and celebrating and then going into that idea of like, you know, allowing the soil to become fertile again. And that kind of fallow period is for me, and people would have said it to me before, is that idea of stopping and celebrating what you've actually done, like actually harvesting what you've done, where I know definitely myself, and I do in my business all the time and I'm trying to get better is I'd be like, right, done, cool, box ticked, move on to the next one. And I would totally discount the amount of effort or success or, you know, I would just be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then it's on to the next, next thing. So I don't know if you find that that comes up a lot for other people or even for yourself. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a big uh, edge of evolution piece for all of us right now, because again, the conditioning has us coming from a place of fear and trying to control. So there is no time to stop and Mm. smell the roses and, let that joy in and that um appreciation in it's just like okay move on move on because if we if we stop we might just someone might get ahead of us someone mm. else do something we want to do um or you know so that's a huge piece and again it goes to the newer science of like we are conditioned and wired for threat that's how our ancestors survived so as we take this momentous leap into the next stage of evolution, in my view, part of that is learning to move from a place of, um, from the mammalian brain rather than the reptilian brain. So we have to, like, it takes 30 seconds for our bodies to register joy. So to stop when you have a moment of joy or a child, one of your children looks up at you and they have this gorgeous face or, you know, or you have a success that you take the day off the next day and you go, I'm just going to, I'm going to savor this. And, and that I, 
I was doing the wheel for mm, seven, eight years before I, I realized that that particular energy of the in the wheel, I was not good at. And I remember that I was after finishing, I used to work in uh, leadership um, development. And I was after finishing this big project of a year and a half. It was, I was exhausted, but it was, it had been really successful. Um, and, and I decided that I was going to sit and take a day off. I mean, I've been a year and a half and I wasn't even considering taking a day off, but I was going to actually walk the land. And I went up, it was, the work was in Belfast and I went up to, uh, a, a, a sacred site there in Belfast. And I just hung around that place. Um, and then I decided to take a second day and I went down to Parakeel, which is about eight kilometers from where I was born, amazing megalithic tombs. And and I and that's where the Celtic wheel came from. I will never forget the feeling of actually just dropping in. One day wasn't enough. I needed to take two days. And to mm. just to savor moments, highs, the highs that I had experienced in that job. And to just let it all land into my body. And it, you know, a couple of weeks, months later, weeks later, I was doing the wheel online. I had given up the other job. So it was amazing. Incredible. Um, yeah, it's just the wisdom that comes when in those places in between and the fallow. So yeah. yeah, it's, I think it is so important. And, you know, I love the idea that you always talk about um, for the Celtic wheel, which is like the radical wisdom, radical wisdom for contemporary women. And that, again, the whole theme of this podcast and everything that I do and a lot of the people that I get on to speak, it's that blending of the two. Because actually we need, you know, that ancient wisdom or to understand how things work maybe on an esoteric or a spiritual level, but actually then understanding how that's reflected in our physiology, like you said, with the central nervous system or our stress response, the fact that we're registered or that we're hard, hardwired, excuse me, to register danger versus joy like I think there's a saying that where do we need three it's like three or five good things to outweigh the negative bias like we kind of we're hardwired to always prioritize the risk or the danger above the good things so I that's why I love that concept of the harvest and celebration and taking those little mini moments even if it's just to look at the sunrise or notice the moon or whatever it might be as you said you know someone laughing or a baby smile I just think it's so yeah, important and, and to really let it into your mm. tissue and you're not not to just think about oh this is a great yeah. moment but actually hand on your heart and on your belly let it in like really just like because that's what's changing the wiring mm. it's the feeling it's not the thinking it's the feeling yeah. and when you let that in it's such a bubbly feeling like I remember again my husband kind of looks at me he's like oh we're getting that moment like he loves it but my friends will do the same where they're like you can literally see when Sinead is registering how beautiful a moment is like friends hanging out or you know being on the couch or seeing something where like I'll just get kind of gushy but you know that feeling that you feel where you're like oh my god this is just it's so simple it could be us just sitting on a couch or it could be I don't know drinking wine with a friend but I'm like this is this is it, you know, and like I you don't really. Like I can feel it now from you. Like literally, my yeah, body you know that, like belly open, like, oh. heart opens. Yeah, because it's an expansion, even energetically, mm. you can feel into it. It's that expanded, like elevated feeling. It's 
so I can yeah. talk. You just feel giddy, you know, it's that lovely yeah. where you're like, oh, things yeah. are actually, you know, this is lovely. <laughs> yeah, magical. look at the energy even here. It's like, oh my yeah, God, yeah. that's yeah. what we, that's, it. can we create from that place? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. And I know, you know, a big part of the the wheel as well as the kind of that creation part that you're talking about, but also kind of, I guess, this idea of manifesting and bringing forth kind of what you want to work with. So, you know, typically I would use the idea of the seeds because that's always related really well for me. But I know that you talk about the fiery arrows a lot, which I quite like that imagery, but I'd love for you to maybe explain where that imagery comes from and why you use it Mm. uh, throughout the, the wheel. So um, the fiery arrows, for anyone who doesn't know, is Bridget was called the fiery arrow. So the, the goddess saint, holy woman, Bridget was called fiery arrow. And and at Imbolc, when I was doing the wheel myself um, many years ago, I, I just had that sense of in the wintering. So just before Imbolc, in the wintering between Samhain and winter solstice, we're in a place of of emptying and then listening. So you're in dream time. So when you're listening, you're listening for all the possibilities that your soul is longing for, like all of them, which is deep feminine because the feminine can can, can allow all that chaos of every longing, every desire. Um, and then you come to Imbolc and then it's the feminine, if she could, would just stay in that dreaming and like, oh, and I want this and I'd love that. And blah, blah, blah. But at Imbolc, in order for us to grow our potency, the masculine must come in a little bit. So it's a tiny masculine, it's not strong, but it comes in, which is what happens in springtime in nature. And it it basically, that's when we choose three fiery arrows. So even the idea of a fiery arrow is a directional, whereas the feminine is all very like circular and chaotic and like she fill the room here, and fill the whole place. But then you bring it, then I invite people to just choose three fiery arrows, which means I bring in just enough of that kind of laser focus because in the feminine, the feminine it has a dispersed focus. It's very dispersed. She can do lots of stuff, you know, so it's, it's a beautiful strength, but it doesn't serve if it, a strength carried too far becomes a weakness. So at yeah. inbound, the strength, that what ser- what actually comes in service of those dreams and desires to come manifest is we choose, we make a choice to exclude, which is very hard for the feminine, mm. not and we 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 make that choice and we just choose three fiery arrows and then we launch the fiery arrows at the um, spring equinox because even though we we have chosen, we're still, it's all very inward still. We're still growing the potency of this feminine within us. So we don't launch them. But again, when we launch them, like they are arrows out into the quantum field. And that's where they come from. So it's it's working in the quantum. Like I love seeds as well. And I often go, oh, which will I use? But the fiery arrows are what have stuck. And it's Bridget's energy. And her, will we, you know, really bringing Bridget into our awareness and her amazing energy. She had represented both masculine and feminine, beautiful mm. fire and water. She was a thresholder. And so her that energy, if we can bring that and imbue that, then uh, these fiery arrows, and they have come in my life. I have worked with them for the last probably 10, 11 years. 
first two psych, uh, experiments I did, I didn't really use them. And then they dropped in and I started to work with them. And it's amazing what has happened. Not in a kind of Pollyanna uh, magic thinking, it was in a very consistently working with intentions yeah. and valves and, uh, you know, and the fiery arrows. So I hope that I, makes yeah. sense to people. Yeah. I know it does. It does. And it's, yeah. I think it's a lovely visual of the idea of you like you know releasing the arrows and it, it being that kind of direction and the and the you know the symbol of, of Bridget as well and one of the analogies that I always like to use and I think actually used it in one of your calls as well because I was like oh my god it's the same it's the same one and I know these things come up all the time but is that idea of like the feminine being the river and if the river is not controlled it's just going to flood all the land and you know it just is chaos and it actually is destructive where if you can create levees or like dams and irrigation you can actually like grow plants or you can create you know energy and electricity and all of this sort of stuff um and again for me, that's always a really nice visual that I always try and come back to where I'm like, don't be the fl- overflowing river, which I've definitely been, where I just start five million things at once and don't actually ever finish any of them. So this year with your wheel, I was like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. And, you know, I kind of was trying to be very specific about what I was going to do and, and work on um, because, yeah, we can just wildly swing from one to the other and both being hyper in the masculine and hyper in the feminine are as bad as each other if we don't actually harness the two, which I know it's all about your work. Yeah. And like, I love that. I love that image that that, that's such a great image because it's the boundaries and that so often we we want boundaries, but we don't really like them. Um, But I love that image of the flowing river and disperse the dispersion of the energy. Um, Mm. And there's time for that, but there's a time for pulling in. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I just think we've all been there <laughs> where we swing widely from one to the other and then we don't actually get anywhere and you feel like you're putting in so much effort, but you're just treading water because nothing's, nothing's harnessed or nothing's directed. And I think that word dispersion, I remember using that before and that being like, yes, that's exactly what I've done previously is I just scattered all my energy everywhere and didn't actually utilize it and then burned out <laughs> yeah because it was a lot of work in the masculine but it was directed by a chaotic feminine you know and there was there was yeah. no marriage between the two um which yeah and then you yeah. you're enforcing and pushing in the masculine mm. and when you haven't actually taken the risk because it's a risk to choose i'm not going to do all of these things actually means i may fail at the ones i choose mm. so which is scary <laughs> Really for a lot of us really scary for every for everyone because yeah. to fail is is not allowed in or valued in this country yeah. that we've all grown up in yeah yeah and i think that's the key thing where it's not that failure is wrong it's that it's just not valued where you know actually someone who's failed and learned what to what didn't work or what maybe they do differently has so much wisdom to share with other people and I yeah. always think of that you know it's that what does it fail fast that whole like startup analogy where it's like fail often fail fast it's you know do it so that you make the mistakes when it doesn't really cost you that much where a lot of us will never do anything just because that fear of failure is is so big that it actually stops us ever ever starting 
Yeah, but it's so hard because failure is mm-hmm. deeply uncomfortable in the body. And it is. And we can cognitively think, oh yeah, fail is good. Actually, to go through failure is so deeply uncomfortable in the body. Mm-hmm. And we all have levels of tolerance of that. But the more you fail, you know, the more the more you create a tolerance because it's like a sour on the winter salt. It's a dark night of the salt for some of us. Failing in relationships, but failing, I, I see a lot in, in us women who have our own businesses. It's like failing. Like, I, you know, I, I put out a summer school last year. It never, it didn't work. But I, I've learned that, that I don't take that personally, but it still hurts. Mm. And it's like, okay, so I can mind this part of me that is feeling like, oh my God, this isn't even going to fail in everything else I do. So it's really important. This is not about, um, again, that cognitive thing of, you know, failure is good. I really learned that. It was like, yeah, I know in the Celtic wheel, failure is good. It's fallow. It's the dark night of the soul. Yeah. Like, Jesus, when you're on the ground and you don't know who you are and what has happened and why is life not going away. Mm. And it's such a failure. It's like, whoa, what? That's it. That, and it's it's to trust that that it's even in the darkness, no matter how this unfolds, I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I can just be with this part of me. Because in failure for me, something always needs to die. So what needs to die? And that really helps me get through failure. It's like, okay, this is failing. So what needs to die? Mm. And then when I keep asking that question, then I, I, I know life informs me of what needs to die, and that's why I've had to be in a dip or in mm. the developmental speak. You have a, a, a throwback. Yeah. So, well, I always yeah. think of these things as, you know, again, coming from, I guess, the nutrition lifestyle coaching thing, there's that, uh, there's that graph where it's like what people think progress looks like. And again, it's that line going up, and then it's like what progress actually looks like. And it's like this loop-de-loop oh, kind of okay, I've thing. Never seen that. Yeah, wow. I'll find it yeah. for you and I'll send it to you afterwards. Because it's that sort of idea that like, we think when we're on the path, it's going to be straight and it's, it's always up. We're actually we stall, we go back maybe a couple of steps, we go a totally different re- direction, then we come back onto the path. And But it's over time, we're going to where we need to go, but yeah. it's not linear. Yeah, so yeah. And I think that, that, a lot. If, that you're doing in that, like in, you know, nutrition and um, sports, and I think that's so critical because I, I feel like this stuff has to come through like I, I see where we've gone in sports and even though it's amazing, but his high performance and this constant, you know, self, you know, self-improvement projects over and over. I did it myself, my poor body, you know, I ran way past times when I shouldn't have run. And mm. I, I, you know, so I love that, that you're doing that work as well. Yeah. I always just think it's, it's about the balance really and trying to help people find that that balance and knowing that balance is, is a, isn't a static point. It's like a, it's like a constant readjustment and yeah. adapting to what's currently going on in your life. And that's what I, a lot of my clients is we might have different levels of like optimum or like better, but those goalposts yeah. are going to shift. If all of a sudden your child is sick or you've experienced a grief in the family or 
I don't know, something happens, you know, something big happens in our life. And we're like, you go on holidays. Like me and my husband, like, you know, okay, we were active, but our normal, we're both coaches, our training and was out the window. I probably didn't see a vegetable there for a good few weeks and was drinking every day, but I'm like, it's fine because I'm, I know that I'm enjoying it. And then I'll just be feeding in, you know, it's, it's not all or nothing. It's like these little, little moments. And I think, again, it's that idea of like the constant movement or the cycles rather than it being an end goal or a static point that we have to be in for it to be good or or right. Um, And that's why I think why I love the the wheel as kind of a macro level analogy from like a year point of view or kind of a few years or even a even a life stage point of view. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actual maybe age phases in our life, but also just where you are, like what might be happening. Like I know I went through what could be termed a dark night of the soul when it was like peak summer it was literally the summer solstice and it was like I just like skipped like half a year and I was like okay here I am this is where I am that's fine you know so it never it doesn't always have to line up but it's a nice framework it rarely lines up no if we try and line up it's just another way of persecuting ourselves Mm, so exactly yeah. yeah I know as well you've spoken about working from the feminine and we probably without naming it, been talking about it there. But, you know, I'd love you maybe to speak a little bit about that from a business owner point of view and, you know, from someone who is creating content and creating um, a business, what what that means to you and, you know, what that could possibly look like for people who maybe have been working from a very hyper-masculine or are working in a very masculine lin- linear environment. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big piece for me and something that I really am devoted to in my life, um, probably because I need it more than anyone. Um, <laughs> I mean, I suppose to explain the feminine and masculine exists in all of us, no matter what gender you identify with. But I'm curious about the journey of women in, mm-hmm. you know, particularly contemporary women, um, or women in the contemporary world hmm. um, and how our journey has been like I would say we're in the fifth wave of feminism which and this wave is about us really coming into our power through the feminine through the hmm. integration of the feminine and masculine so the feminine is that part of us that is very relational very intuitive um, very uh, you know one side of the creativity, not like the masculine is the other side, but has is that is the depth of us really. It's a really deep soul, as I would interpret them. Not everybody built in that way, but it's it's the part that really got left out in our in our um culture. And then the masculine is the agency, the um the part of us that, you know, penetrates the world, knows how to kick ass, um very competent, uh, gets things done, impersonal. The feminine is personal, in, involves and includes everything and everyone is very, uh, yeah, communal. So when I when I started do, working, set, I set up my own business and, you know, I found that I had always worked in the masculine, but my nature is very feminine. And so I, I feel that what a big part of this work is leading with the feminine. So 
recovering that part of us that is intuitive to so whereas when we work in the masculine or in that hyper masculine we're coming from all up here from mm. you know how can we manage how can we control how can we push and force and and it just keeps us in that very um very much in that hustle kind of culture so i'm not interested in having a business like that i left the corporate world and the other world for so that i could live a different way from a more deeply soul way but i'm on internet i'm on i'm in technology i'm you know i have my business so it's like you still have to have the masculine on online which is really important and and what i've learned is all that masculine mode that i know so well is actually strength i don't want to throw it out with the bathwater but i must start to leave with the feminine so I'll give mm. you examples. Like I'm in the middle of the launch of the Cult of Queer. It's it's not, you know, it's not easy. It's a full, and I also launched a new website. So I have a tendency to, I, because I have a great capacity, because I learned it probably, to actually be competent, to kick ass, to cross every T and dot every I. That's just the way I operate in the world. So when it comes to my own business, I, I maybe stretch myself too much and I still do it. I see it and I don't get enough support around me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wouldn't have, I just get on and do it. So I've been learning how can I be a leader coming from the feminine who's leading with the feminine. So I care about what, how I feel. I'm react. My whole thing is, really can I feel it so every morning I do a little shake to get rid of all the tension in my body and I sit and I open and I connect and I have I literally put my hand on my heart and my belly and say okay what's going on what's here and I receive myself so I lead my day from the feminine and then I open into the day Um, and throughout the day I may have to do that in a launch I may have to do that quite a bit I may have to drop everything. Um, And it's the same with, you know, I find myself right now, I have way too much to do in the next week to get things across the line, to get the sound newsletter out, to get get all all the, what you need to do in a campaign. So I have to make a choice. Mm. I don't have enough time. So I can either go into my hyper-masculine or I can just go, I'm taking a step back. I'm going to do... What, what I can do and let the chips fall as they will mm. and really trust that and not try and do everything and hit every, get it all perfect because mm. that's exhausting and that's moving. That's actually not trusting life. So, so if I don't have what my target is, which would be a, like a straight line, okay, target, because I had this last year or I think I need this in order to, to, to live and be okay for so so I can produce other work but that that's my small thinking mind when I go move from the feminine it's like okay keep checking in with me what needs what wh- where can I go that I won't overstretch myself I may overstretch myself on it one day or two days but then I have to stop hmm. and I have to pause and I have to just trust that if Four things don't get done, they don't get done. Yeah. That's a very kind of 
no it makes sense and yeah and it's that idea of like doing enough and just trusting I think that's that's great and I'm actually I've totally redone my website and I've put everything into courses and all this kind of stuff I'm doing at the moment and I could keep I could keep adding stuff could keep making changes and I'm like oh that CTA isn't actually finished or I haven't done that bit yet or you know I haven't actually finished that course I'm like doesn't matter just do it. You've enough there. You can finish the bits when it's live and when it's going. And I remember so clearly I was in a cafe and I remember seeing you put up a post in the launch of the Celtic Wheel last time. And it was like, this is a face of someone who's been in the hyper-masculine for too long. And I was like, oh, I feel like someone's just held up a mirror because I've been there where you just go, 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 go. And then you, you know, it's like that post-exam crash. And I remember, they correct me if I'm wrong, you like, shortened the deadline of when the cart was open and I was like yes I was like that is so inspiring (laughs) because so many people just push through but you're like no I'm gonna stop because I want to be fresh for when we hit you know when we start and if you're in you're in and then again you know I was like I think I emailed you because I was like oh I missed the deadline but I want to come in and you know I joined and I was like look how many people she got after making that decision which maybe on paper isn't a good quote-unquote business decision but like, it was great, you know? Yeah. So I just- That's the new world. I, yeah, mm. thank you. I mean, that that is the new world. It's it's taking those, it's really like self, being really connected to yourself mm. and knowing when you're not and knowing to come back. So as you say, it's not a, it's a dynamic. It's always this dynamic movement that, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. I'm disconnected from my gorgeous man. I'm gone like angler. I'm not really listening to him. I'm like, okay, I've gone too far. Mm. You're catching yourself when you're, when you don't have time to sit down and eat properly. I mean, I've done all of it. I still do it. But my husband's like, like, have you eaten? And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, that's always a clear sign that you were working too much. I'm like, oh yeah. Whoops. When I'm eating too much, when I, when yeah. I can't, without putting on some meditation when I'm yeah. all kind of angular and hard inside mm. I just go okay too far too far yeah. and then trust life we have to we have to trust because it's the only way we're going to create a new world if yeah. I keep doing what I've always done like and that's why I put that up last year and it was kind of scary putting it up. I had a lot of shame afterwards, but. Oh no, I loved it. I was like, yeah, yes. You know, I also just had to mm. let myself have shame. Um, but it was so important because it was the truth. And yeah. Um, and I and I could not, what I could believe, I just went, it's not worth another 10 days or whatever. I, I felt like I'm going to do another 10 days because mm. To it was, I what I really want to be doing is sitting in the circle. And if yeah. I'm so exhausted doing that, then I'm doing the wrong job. So, mm. yeah, lots mm. of learnings. I mean, I'm still learning. It, it's, it hasn't been easy. This That's time. life. That's the spiral, though. It's like, yeah, exactly. like in the in the last Samhain, what I put into the cauldron to be transformed was that part of me that always spins every plate has a thousand plates spinning or is holding the, the sky up for everyone and including myself and I put that <laughs> in 
And so I got much better, but I still see in this launch, I'm still not where I'd love to be. So more has to go into the cauldron. Yes. And and it has shown me what needs to go in. I see um I see it, yeah. So that's leading yeah. with feminine in the business. Yeah. In business. It's yeah. Beautiful. And you know, I'm conscious that we're kind of close to to when the next um the next wheel is starting. So I'd love if you could maybe share where people can find out more about you and find out more about the the wheel and all of um, that good stuff. Yeah. So marykennedy.com, marry with an I, no E. So uh mm. that you'll find it there. And it's called Next Stage Celtic Wheel. I've renamed it um because it is our next stage of evolution. Um and a way of working with the wheel that is next stage. Um so you'll find that there and you yeah, tribe is you can you can pay monthly or you can pay once off. Um and then there's also a self-led option too if you just want to do it on your own. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that's gorgeous. So well, thank you so, so much. It's been amazing. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is going to get so much from it. And if you are listening, I'd encourage you to to check out Mary's program. Because, yeah, for me, it was just taking everything that I was doing on a cycle and a moon level and just bringing it to that kind of more macro level. And just it was lovely to get that knowledge, you know, I'd read about the wheel and I, you know, there's books that I'd read about all that kind of Celtic wisdom, but actually getting to embody it over a year was an incredible experience. So thank you uh, from a personal and professional level (laughs) for getting to to actually embody that. But thank you so much for coming on and doing this podcast with me. So yeah. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to just chat and and hear from your perspective too. Thanks very much. Thanks a million. Would you like to learn more about living in sync with your cycle and embodying cyclical wisdom? The Cycle Sanctuary is a transformative group program designed for women seeking a cyclical self-care practice and feminine empowerment. Over eight weeks, we'll journey from disconnected to the divine, forming a deep connection with your feminine power through education, embodiment, and the wisdom of the cycles within us and around us. I've created this community-based container to help us reconnect with the wisdom of our natural rhythms and embrace a revolutionary new way of living. Join me November 1st as we journey through the Cycle Sanctuary Winter Solstice.